You are now listening to the Hack My Age podcast, the show that brings you guests for the woman going through the menopause journey. I'm your host, Zora Benamu, a gerontologist, certified sports nutrition, menopause, and breathing coach. I'm the author of the Longevity Master Plan and the cookbook Eating for Longevity. And if you're a woman in perimenopause or postmenopause, check out the programs on hackmyage.com website to biohack and optimize your menopause experience because menopause is inevitable, but suffering is optional. So now please head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review to help others find us too. This is a really important point because it costs nothing, but makes a huge impact for me to support a podcast for menopausal women to normalize this conversation about menopause and attract even more amazing guests to the show for you and for me. Hey there, biohacking besties. If you're navigating perimenopause or just dealing with those pesky menopause symptoms like hot flashes, fatigue, unexplained weight gain, you're not alone. I get it. The struggles with belly fat, crappy sleep, a racing mind, thinning hair, and that all too familiar feeling of anxiety or mood swings. Or maybe you've just experienced those mysterious symptoms like phantom smells, itchy skin, and achy joints. And these are all signs that you may be heading into the menopause transition. Yep, even if you're only 40. And it's not even rare to have these symptoms in your 30s. So just be aware. But here's the scoop. Menopause may be inevitable, but suffering is completely optional. You don't have to just tough it out because it's a natural process that women have endured for centuries. Yes, it's natural, but no, you don't have to tolerate the pain anymore. And that's why I've created specialized menopause biohacking programs just for you. This is not the usual recommendations like get a fan and dress in layers. We are talking about biohacks, which go beyond what most people even heard of to treat menopause symptoms. So head over to the hackmyage.com website and snag the hot flash program or the energy reboot program to hack your fatigue and optimize your menopause transition. And whether you prefer self-guided affordable masterclasses or fully guided programs with a supportive community of women and me who are facing similar challenges, we have got you covered. And here's a little treat for our fabulous listeners. You get an exclusive 10% off any program with the code HACKMYAGE. So got to act fast, especially if you want a spot in the guided program, because we keep it intimate with a maximum of 20 women to give you the attention you deserve. And if you're tuning in after that due date, no worries, just shoot me a message and I'll make a special offer just for you. So don't let menopause dictate your journey. Let's conquer it together and head over to the Hack My Age website now and start biohacking menopause. You can now watch all of our podcast interviews on the Hack My Age YouTube channel. Some of our guests bring slideshows, so it's really great to have. Every week there is a new video, so just search Hack My Age on youtube.com or find the link on the Hack My Age website.
Today's episode is sponsored by the Institute of Bioidentical Medicine, which is the authority when it comes to understanding bioidentical hormones. And I just completed their menopause method course, and I am mega impressed. This is a self-paced course designed by Dr. David Rosensweet, who's been treating women through menopause for nearly three decades. And I can highly recommend this program, particularly if you're a doctor or someone who is actually prescribing hormones to women for menopause. So make an appointment at iobim.org to see if you're a candidate for the menopause program and ask for a discount with the code Zora, Z-O-R-A. You're going to learn so much with this program because menopause is inevitable, but suffering is optional. Hello, my queen agers. So before we get started with the show, a couple of things that I'd like to share with you. First of all, please leave a review if you haven't done so already. This is so important. It's a small gesture that makes a huge impact to grow the podcast. So go to Spotify or Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to your podcasts, leave some stars, hopefully five, and write just a little, little review, a little something to encourage more women to start having the discussion about menopause. The second thing that I'd love to share with you is you, we have YouTube videos. If you prefer to watch videos, go to YouTube, uh, always hack my age, and you will find all of our guests there and you get to watch them. And sometimes we have um, graphics or things that people share. So it's nice to see that on a video. And the next thing I'd like to share with you is we have our biohacking menopause membership program out and running and full force. So please join us there. What is this? This is a platform. It's called Mighty Networks. And it's it's like a Facebook community, like a group, but without that Facebook noise, distraction, and censorship. So we get frustrated on Facebook because sometimes they block us when we want to have a Zoom Q&A meeting uh, and they think that we're having some kind of sex party. And so they shut us down for a few days and then allow me access. So we got frustrated with that. And you guys have asked to have a private group. So please join me on biohacking menopause. And this is um, what you do get our Q and A's, right with me. Uh, you send in your questions in advance and we go through them. I can take a deeper dive. Yeah, a lot of you guys send me questions on Instagram and Facebook, and I just cannot give you personalized attention. I, I I need to know more about you. So this is an opportunity to be with a community that where I can answer your questions. Uh, we also have guest speakers who are experts in biohacking and menopause. Many of them are doctors themselves who charge hundreds of dollars for their time. So it's a privilege to have them answer our questions for, for you. And we have breathwork sessions. I am a certified Oxnard Advantage breathwork teacher. So I love to teach women how to breathe through menopause. We have podcast updates. You get notified of all of those. We have information posted that are that is not on any other platform. You get my personal attention. And we have a community of amazing, supportive women in here. Women who are just like you, trying to hack menopause, trying to learn something new. We have a lot of other women who are ex experts in their own field in whatever it is that they're doing, and they love to share as well. So if you're an expert in your field too, please come and join us and share what you do. So this is a really intimate space. We can talk about whatever we want. We know that it's only women and it's safe. 
So I want to thank those early adopters who've already jumped in. These are our founding members, and you can be a founding member too. Founding members get some decision-making power. They um, uh, are are have a, the best thing is they have a special discount. It's only. $14.99 a month for our founding members. And that offer expires March 1st, 2024. So please, if you are on the fence about this, you've got to jump in ASAP. You've got only about 10 days to decide this. So less if you're listening after February 19th. So please, if you want that March 1st deadline, go to biohacking-menopause.com mn.co, k.com.co. And I can have a link to that in the show notes. You just jump in, join as soon as you can, because on March 1st, the price is going to go up to $24.99 a month. So become a founding member and join us there. And the last announcement I'd like to make is that we are having another cohort. Every month we have new cohorts of uh, group guided sessions on the menopause energy reboot program. This is a four week uh, program where we meet every single week for Q and A's to help guide you to get more energy. If you're fatigued, if you're tired, if you're dealing with all these menopause symptoms, any kind that you're having, you need to reboot the cells, the the mitochondria. We need to get everything running optimally in order to hack those menopause symptoms. So please jump in on that. By February 24th, we have a special discount code for you, my listeners, 10% off with the code HackMyAge. So go to the hackmyage.com website. You'll click on the programs. I'll have links to that in the show notes as well and join us there. So let's get started. Today's meeting is supposed to revolve around progesterone. And you probably heard about progesterone in the menopause circle because you hear a lot about the sex hormones, progesterone, estrogen, and testosterone, okay? So progesterone is just one of the pieces of the puzzle. And that's what we're gonna talk about today and give you an idea what to know about it. So honestly, after doing this course with the Institute of Bioidentical Medicine, it's called the Menopause Method Course. And it's a program that's, designed to train doctors how to treat their menopausal patients. So although I'm not a doctor, they allowed me to take it and I learned so much from it. So I'm going to share some things and, and really the story about progesterone should be spoken about in the very beginning when you're talking about menopause, because so often it starts with estrogen, but really progesterone is the, the key player. And, and when we're talking about progesterone, we're talking about bioidentical progesterone right? Not synthetic progestogens. Okay. You may have heard of progestogen, both progestogens, which is synthetic and bioidentical progesterone, uh, come from a class of hormones called progestogens, which is different than progestins. Okay. When somebody may say, uh, a study, progesterone is good or progesterone is bad or whatever, go back to the study and see, are they talking about progestins or actually progesterone? Really keep that in your mind um, when somebody's arguing a point. And progesterone, as you take it in a 
hormone therapy can come in an oral formulation, transdermal, meaning you have a topical, like a cream or a gel or something. And then you can have vaginal, you can have a patch, you can have IUD. There's so many different forms of taking progesterone. So they're all made in a lab. Okay. It's not like they go and farm this stuff. They, they made in the lab, but the progesterone, because it's not synthetic, it's made out of diosgenin, which is derived from wild yams or soy. Okay. So these are plant-based hormones. And the real, the reason why the, the story about menopause should start with progesterone is because first, the first of most common say uh, changes in a woman's body after say puberty is in their in our mid four in our mid thirties, sorry, in our mid thirties. Right. Because when we hear about perimenopause or menopause, we think about a woman in her fifties. Now we're starting to be aware of perimenopause happening in your forties, but no one talks about menopause in your thirties, but that's when some of the major changes heading to towards menopause start, right? So this is because of progesterone. Progesterone takes a real precipitous decline much earlier, much steeper than estrogen. Okay. And it happens in your mid thirties and it just goes like that. So it's really fast. So about 75% of your, of your progesterone goes in your mid thirties just happens. And when you get to your forties and estrogens go down 35% gradually in your forties, and then eventually to nothing are uh, very, very little. Like you will always have hormones. Your body will always want to produce estrogen progesterone, but in just a fraction of the amount that it's normally making in your twenties and thirties. So we're also, when progesterone, progesterone, we have to remember that there's a ton of it in our body, a hundred times more than estrogen, right? Why aren't we talking about this more? And when we're thinking about our menopause cycle, right, of a menstrual cycle, right, you, you may see, you know, the, the estrogen go up and then eventually the progesterone goes up with, as you're coming towards your period, and then they both decline and come down. So you should see, um, I'm going to show you first this, this little graph where it takes a steep decline, right? right? Uh, here's progesterone in your mid-30s. Look at this, 35. And then here's estrogen in a, in a more gradual decline. But it also is pretty steep, right? It's just relatively speaking, uh, progesterone takes a steeper decline. And then when you look at your, your uh, menstrual cycle, this is what I was explaining. Look at progesterone. If you were to make a real chart, of what progesterone is like, it would look like this. And you never see charts like this. It's usually here, right? Right about here. Um, and to give you an idea of how much progesterone we have is so the ovaries secrete about 0.33 milligrams per, per, I think it's dilliliter, it's supposed to be. And that's here. It looks like that. And then if you were to, to convert that to progesterone, it would be a 37 and just goes off the charts. Didn't even make it to the rest of this, this slide, but you can imagine where it is. So 0 0.33 versus 37. That's huge. Okay. So let me stop sharing. So that's what I wanted to talk, share with you in terms of, of graphs. So progesterone is, is a seesaw in balance with estrogen. And why? Because estrogen is a stimulator, stimulates growth, it stimulates production, it stimulates things that makes you a little bit uh, more anxious and makes you a little bit more excited. A lot of 
good things and not so good things come with estrogen. And progesterone there is a great calmer, right? So when we, we want progesterone to balance out that, that excitement and that stimulation that happens with, with estrogen. This is why you must take progesterone whenever you take estrogen, okay? But you can take progesterone alone without estrogen, but estrogen never alone. So always got to go with, with progesterone. And that's because uh, studies have shown that when estrogen is too high, stimulating a little bit too much, and we can overdo it with the estrogen because we may feel so good on it that we start to take more and more, and that thickens up the uterine lining of, uh, you know, the, the lining of our uterus. And then that's a breeding ground for uterine cancer. And we don't want that. And I've, I've heard some doctors even say that that's even a little bit exaggerated. We shouldn't worry too much, but it's out there. It's a caution. And all the doctors just want to be safe and make sure. The women who do not have a uterus, you've had a hysterectomy, very often doctors do not prescribe progesterone. They're like, well, uterine lining can't build up because you ain't got one. So don't worry about it. But progesterone is so much more than that, than just protecting your uterine lining. It, you get so many other great benefits from it that why restrict that from a woman? So again, this is, none of this is medical advice. I really should be, you know, making this claim here in the very beginning, but please, um, you always have to talk to your doctor about your own situation. And, and I don't know your medical history. I don't know what you've been going through. I don't know what your symptoms are like. I, I really don't know what your risks are because there's genetics and there's lifestyle. And then there's a history of cancers or heart disease and whatever. Do you have a tendency to block clot? I don't know right? This is you. And that's why you must always take anything you hear, including from me with a grain of salt and question it, always go with a little bit of skepticism and then ask your own doctor about it. And if you're not really convinced by your doctor, <laughs> go and find another doctor, get a second opinion or a third one if you need. So progesterone is the great calmer. Estrogen is the stimulator. I told you progesterone balances out the stimulation of estrogen. Another interesting thing I learned from this course, and I'm bringing you a lot of this information from the Institute of Bioidentical Medicine, and the doc, Dr. David Rosensweet is the one who created this program, and he, he mentioned, uh, well, he's been treating menopausal women for 25 years, okay? So the guy has got a lot of experience, and he loves the research. He's a functional medicine doctor. Um, he knows a lot of other things, too. He brings in the research, but I like his critical eye and his... Um, his skepticism as well. And as, as pro-hormones as he is, he, he brings out studies that are contradictory because everything great that you hear about certain hormone, well, you can hear something pretty bad. That goes the same thing for insulin. It's the same thing for cortisol. It's the same thing for so many other things that you may hear in terms of medicine, in terms of hormones, in terms of food, in terms of diet, in terms of everything. You'll always find a study saying it's great and another study saying it's not so great. And that's why um, clinical practice is really, is really important. And Dr. David Rosensweet's got a lot of this clinical practice. And so what he does is he looks at the research and then goes, hey, you know, let's try it on my ladies. And then he comes up with his own conclusions. And so what he found is that he's able to, uh, with some people, treat breast density and pain, if you ever have painful breasts, by asking them to put their progesterone, topical progesterone, a cream or gel, whatever you may have, and apply it 
on the breasts and that may help. But he's also had patients where they've done it and they have increased pain. So again, it's all up to you to obviously uh, talk to your doctor about this. And then if you were to try it, then to make sure you communicate with your doctor, uh, just because you heard maybe it's good doesn't mean keep going if it's painful, right? So um, progesterone is really quite harmless. Um, It's so harmless that you can get it over the counter. You can get these things quite easily online through, uh, I wouldn't get it through Amazon, but get it through um, a website that you, you, you trust. I even have some doctors and, and you know, people I know uh, in the health and wellness industry who have given progesterone creams to their 20-year-old daughters. Right? It's not just girls. I mean, guys can benefit from this too. I did a great podcast with a doctor. What's his name? Um, I forgot his name. He, he, um, uh, it's, well, it'll come to me later, but he, uh, he's a little bit kooky. But we did a great podcast on adrenaline and his whole thing, his shtick was just progesterone cream for men, women, you know, young, old. And, and so, yeah, he treats a lot of his patients. Um, Dr. Well, I want to say Dr. Well, not well, but something like that. Um, so anyways, yes, it's, it's pretty, pretty harmless. Um, and it's one of those things. Uh, and the reason why these doctors and these people I know have treated their 20 year olds with this is because they tested their progesterone and they were so low. So they had, they were symptomatic, meaning they were very anxious, uh, bracing mind, hard to sleep. They've tried a lot of other things. And then they thought, Hey, maybe I should test her progesterone. They did. She was really low. And now they treat them with just a little bit of progesterone cream on your arms and it's quite then it worked. This episode is sponsored by Oxford Healthspan, the creators of my favorite supplement, Primadine. I admit it, I am a total supplement junkie, but if I had to choose only one, it would be this one. And it's because Primadine is spermidine, and this is shown to activate autophagy, which is super important. Now, this is a cellular cleanup and recycling process that declines as we age. So as we get older, our cells accumulate a lot of junk and waste, which isn't good for our cells, our health, nor our longevity. So we need to clean it up. And if you want the research on this, go to OxfordHealthSpan.com and you can see all of it, showing how spermidine supports our brain, our hormones, and our heart health. And another great side effect is stronger hair, skin, and nails, but also longer eyelashes. But, you know, the real important reason why I love Primadine is because I have never, ever received as much feedback on a product I recommended as I have with Primadine. Literally every week, someone reaches out to me on Facebook or Instagram with an amazing testimonial. And... Most of the time, it's about improved sleep. And even some of you told me it's reversed a bit of your gray hair too. So I find that totally amazing. So I can honestly say with 100% certainty that Primadine is the best spermidine supplement you'll ever find. And you can try it with a 15% discount by using the code Zora, Z-O-R-A, on OxfordHealthSpan.com. Just be sure to get back to me with your results too. Now enjoy the show. The one thing you think about progesterone when you're taking your hormone therapy is that it sensitizes estrogen receptor sites to estrogen. So if you take too much, it can actually block 
some of the receptor sites of estrogen as well. And so then it causes a surge in estrogen and then maybe giving you symptoms, other symptoms of an estrogen overdose, when in fact, it's actually progesterone that's being overdosed. And hopefully your doctor will know all these things because that's what they're supposed to do. The other thing that's interesting is about progesterone is you need enough, need adequate amounts for thyroid function. Okay. When we talk about hormones, we're not isolating just the sex hormones and then you just deal with those because they three interact. No, they, they, they all interact with every single other hormone in your body. I like to explain that hormones are like a symphony, right? If one is off, then all the other ones kind of get out of tune. So we want to have a really, really healthy, robust amounts of, of whatever hormone it is, right? Um, and in, I'm not just talking about sex hormones, could be thyroid, because thyroid put all the other hormones off too. So when you think about, I mean, this will give you an idea of why, why thyroid is affected by progesterone is because when you think about when you have a cycle or in when you had a cycle midway, you had a temperature increase, right? If you wanted to see if you were ovulating, yeah, take the temperature and it'll tell you. And it's this influx of progesterone that leads to an increase in thyroid function and increased metabolism for energy production. And that's why you've increased in body temperature. And I have um, links to some interesting studies here if you want some of those to explain that a little bit more. Progesterone is also important for bone health. Estrogen always steals the show. We always think, oh, it's estrogen for the bones and bone health and everything else. But no, progesterone is actually really important. And they need, it needs to collaborate with estrogen in order to get that bone remodeling going. So E2 is estradiol. Remember, we have three types of estrogen. E1 is estrone, E2 is estradiol, and E3 is estriol. Usually when you take hormone therapy, you're taking estradiol and estriol, those E2s and E3s. E1 is not as important um, for, for menopause. So it's E2 is important for resorption of bone, that sort of breaking it down, reabsorbing it. And then P4, because there are different types of progesterone too, but we're not going to talk about those. We just need to know the one progesterone for menopause. And P4 is important for formation, right? So there's this breaking down and building up, breaking down. We don't, and we want to break down some bone. We don't want it to only build up. We're going to have other issues. We want it to break down and build up, break down, build up. We want it to be in perfect harmony. And um, so that's important. Progesterone, remember I told you it's the great calmer because it makes you feel calm. It makes you feel relaxed. And progesterone is also neuroprotective and neuroregenerative. Okay. It's protecting our brain, it protects our bones. It protects our breasts. It protects everything. So, but the breast thing is, is actually controversial. So there are studies that show Progesterone is associated with a diminished risk for breast cancer compared to an increased risk for synthetic progestins. That's why we want to avoid the synthetic stuff. But you can also find contradictory studies. So Dr. Rosensweet recommends that doctors just don't exceed those progesterone dosages. And so what I generally hear from him and most other doctors, if you're taking oral progesterone, which is perfectly fine, don't ever take oral estrogen. And if you don't know why, we can do a whole other meeting on that. 
but oral progesterone may need to take because it's it, it, if you're not if the cream stuff isn't being absorbed through the body and are not enough, then you got to switch to an oral. And it's usually about 100 milligrams. That's like the standard dose. You go to the pharmacy and they give you little pellets and 100, 100 milligram dosages, but it may not be enough. So going up to 200 is very common, very normal, may need that. And if that doesn't work, then uh, you'd have to talk to the doctor again and see if you can go up to three or 400. I don't think Dr. Rosensweet has anyone over 400. And that was like a very exception. So you don't want to get too much. And that's why you always test as well. You're still having menopause symptoms, even with the progesterone. It could be the estrogen, it could be the culprit. It could be so many other things. It could be the delivery method. It could be um, the dosage. It could be so many other things. Um, so that's very important to know. The other thing, actually, you may want to have your doctor check if you're testing for progesterone, and I'm sure your doctor will do this if they're trained in menopause method, in menopause medicine is SHBG, that's sex hormone binding globulin, right? That's a hormone, a globulin or a protein that is binding to the sex hormones. It's binding to estrogen, progesterone, or testosterone. It's holding on to it. If it's holding on to it, if that SHBG number is really high, it's not releasing those hormones into your bloodstream. It's holding on tight for one reason or another. So we want to have free testosterone and, and, and free progesterone and estrogen roaming around not the stuff that's bound up. That'll give doctors a clue as well where you're going. So I mentioned you may need to go into an oral progesterone if the transdermal isn't working, which would be very normal. It's harder to get that sweet spot with transdermal. And it's very often, um, uh, well, one, we're all by individual. So most likely because your body just doesn't want to absorb it. And who knows why? And the other reason could be dermal fatigue. And that means you may be rubbing the cream. Let's say you put your progesterone always on your arms. Well, the skin around that's getting real tired. It's not absorbing it as well anymore. And especially as we age, it becomes less um, sensitive, right? It's not as uh, absorbing as well too. So as you age, you may find the perfect cocktail for your home therapy. And then five or 10 years later, you're like, I don't know, it's not working anymore. And it's not that it's not working anymore. You may just need to change the, the delivery method. You may need to change the site. So if that's what's happening, stop rubbing the progesterone on your arms. You're going to want to put it on your legs or your abdomen or somewhere else that the doctor recommends you to do that. So try um, thinking twice uh, when you think that it's not working. And that's when you might want to switch to an oral. or um, And you can also switch... Um, to transmucosal delivery method, right? If you go, oh, I don't want to try yet the oral, I want to keep going with the transdermal, the creams, then you could put it in your vagina, like on the labia or the perianal mucosa area. That's where you can get a lot of sensitivity there and you can absorb it also quite well, or you may, you may have a good chance. I don't know if you'll absorb it or not. So how much to take? Again, a doctor will say they'll want you to take enough for to alleviate your symptoms and, and enough to avoid uh, or just under to avoid that uterine lining buildup. First, you'll feel better. And then second, the doctor tests. And it's probably through as well, not only the testing for progesterone goalposts, uh, where that sweet spot is, that Goldilocks zone, make sure you have enough for protection of the brain and the bones, but also enough to protect uh, not too much that it's it's gonna it's enough to protect the uterine lining and not too much as well too because you don't want your uterine lining super thin either. We need an ultrasound for that and monitoring. 
another thing, if you are a woman who has not seen hormones in a long time because you went through menopause quite a while ago, let's say a couple of years ago, and you've not had hormone therapy, so your body has not seen hormones in a long time, then uh, you got to go real, real slow, okay? Because your body is going to probably be quite sensitive to it. And if you have sensitivities or allergies to anything, or, or um, you know, you need to really, meaning a very low dose and increase gradually. And I think Dr. Rosensweet said about every two weeks to increase the dosage. And if you're going with progesterone, an oral one, he, he would want you on 25 milligrams or less. I remember I told you that standard dose is 100 milligrams. Uh, and you'll know you're, if you're sensitive because you're sensitive to everything. You're sensitive to food, to caffeine, to alcohol, to um, melatonin, whatever's out there, you're super sensitive and you know who you are. Um, so another interesting thing, and when you're taking an oral progesterone, it's only about 10% what's in that pill is bioavailable. That means if you're taking 100 milligrams and maybe 5 to 10 milligrams of circulating progesterone is circulating in your blood. So it's quite low. And 90% is metabolized into pregnenodiol in the first pass in the liver. And that's a metabolite of progesterone. So to give you an idea, you're like, well, what does that mean? Five, 10 milligrams. So if you're thinking of a young, healthy, menstruating woman in her mid luteal phase, and that's the very end of your cycle, you know, remember when you saw that curve and the progesterone goes up, she's got about 40 milligrams in her blood. Well, then you'd think, well, why does a doctor give you hundred milligrams? Why don't we take 400 so we can get 40 milligrams? Well, Dr. Rosenstreet believes that it's no need to recreate these robust youthful levels. Okay. Five to 10 should be plenty. And that's again, in his experience, you're going to see doctors, Dr. Felice Gersh, I think she would argue, no, we want to have robust youthful levels. I've seen her treat some women and it's like, wow, she's just going to town with those hormones. And, um, I, I, I mean, that's, she's got a lot of experience too. So again, we got to be skeptical, uh, and trust your doctor, right? That's if you trust your doctor, if you don't trust your doctor hundred percent, then you got to go find another doctor, find a doctor who knows what they're doing. The last bit of this talk about progesterone is going to talk about the excessive symptoms of excess and symptoms of deficiency of progesterone. So you can see, oh, I just started taking my progesterone and my estrogen and my testosterone or whatever it is that you're taking. How do I know if I've gone too far with it without testing? Well, you'll probably start to feel drowsy. If you're feeling drowsy or if you're waking up really groggy and kind of edgy, it's possible that you got too much progesterone and you want to take it down. Physical instability, right? not quite straight on your feet, hot flashes. Uh, if, if that's a very, that could be a very excessive dose, but hot flashes is one of those things. It could be an excess or it could be a deficiency. You know, that's something to talk to your doctor about. Feeling depressed and low uh, because that's just too much progesterone for you. It's a little bit of dizziness, leg discomfort and pain and water retention. Water retention can also be a, a deficiency as well. I mean, it's you know, again, one of those things a little bit harder to detect. 
So those are all symptoms that you've gone a little bit too far with the progesterone and maybe you want to take it down a notch. If you've been on 200 milligrams, maybe bounce it down to 100. If you're a sensitive type and you reached 50, then maybe you want to go down to 25. And then again, you got to talk to your doctor. Now, the last part is when is, how do you know that I, I don't have enough progesterone? Because you decided to take baby doses and take it real slow and, uh, and start slow and easy. Well, you still aren't sleeping well. You're still waking up in the night and you wake up in the night with a racing mind and you have a problem that you just got to solve. <laughs> you can't take it anymore. Uh, and that's not happening just once. Uh, in a while, it's happening a bit more frequently. You got a little bit more anxiety, stress. You can't seem to handle the stress like you used to. Because sometimes, you know, you go, well, it's normal to feel anxious and upset and depressed about, I don't know, your boyfriend moving out of town or you're getting a divorce or you are lost a bunch of money. Like, duh, anyone would feel anxious and upset and have a racing mind about it. But you may notice that in life, you had some lemons thrown at you before and you were able to handle it better. You just, for some reason, can't get over this and it's much harder. And it's not because you're getting older. It's because you don't got progesterone. <laughs> you may want to try increasing the dosage or going on it. And again, remember, if you're not on hormones at all, but you want to play around a little bit with it, progesterone is a really good place to start. Again, ask your doctor. I think it's always a good thing. I don't want to give medical advice here, but um, yeah, there you go. Uh, the other thing that you may notice is that you're moody, right? Moody's progesterone uh, is a bit low. Hot flashes again. I told you hot flashes can mean that it's too much progesterone or too little. So you have to kind of look at some of these other markers and see if you get two or three of them in the same zone. You've got hot flashes with breast tenderness, for example, could be deficient in progesterone. Breast tenderness can also be a little bit of too much estrogen too. So take a look at your dosages and talk to your doctor. New um, breast lumps or enlarged breast lumps as well. So again, that's, that's estrogen just taking, taking over. It's out of balance and too high. And you got to balance it out with some progesterone to get that that pain, that tenderness, that engorgement down. Water retention, kind of like I told you that before, it could be excess, could be deficiency. You have a hard time relaxing. Even if you go get a massage, even if you go reading a book, your mind is just nonstop and you just can't relax. If you're still cycling, you may have irregular periods. And again, if you're over the age of 30, you can pretty much guess it's progesterone as low. And the last thing is if you've got PMS, still cycling, fibroids, and or endometriosis. It could be a progesterone thing. Progesterone might help with those things. So that's it, guys. I hope this was useful. Um, oh, I should have had my lamp on. <laughs> hey, did you enjoy the podcast? Don't forget to subscribe to be notified of all the new episodes and leave a review to help build the tribe. It's a small act of kindness that brings me big benefits and helps others find this amazing content. The best thing you can do is share. Sharing is caring. 
statements made on this podcast have not been evaluated by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Anything we say or products we mention are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Information provided by this podcast is not a substitute for personal medical advice and not intended to replace a one-on-one relationship with a qualified healthcare professional. It is intended as a sharing of knowledge and information from the personal research and experience of me and my guests.